let's just do it and just start it and then let's just see how it goes <laughs> and then like later we could be like yeah th this is apple pie we can edit out the bad parts <laughs> like we're yeah. gonna actually do that <laughs> yeah we're going to need to do that because i think that this is a disaster already <laughs> okay let's start again so yeah welcome to applepie.fyi said you have some kind of dating news <laughs> <laughs> yes I do okay so I just broke up with this guy right mm -hmm. um, because I just didn't feel like an emotional connection and I explained that to him and like he was like oh this is unacceptable blah blah um, I think I've told you the story before where like yeah where I basically told him like hey it sucks that you don't listen to me and that makes me feel bad and then he's like but have you thought about how you feeling bad because I'm not listening to you is affecting me in classic classic uh, man type of thing I guess right. I don't know I guess specific to this man I don't know okay so anyways we broke it off blah blah and then um, uh, we had this like here's your stuff meetup right oh and I didn't hear at this that story. meetup oh yeah so at that meetup um, this was like a week ago um, I was like, he, he was already like two drinks in by the time that I got there. And in the time that I got, uh, another drink in me, I guess my first drink, whatever. Um, he had like done two more. So he's like pretty drinky, mm -hmm. um, and said some gems. So my favorite was, I was like, Hey, can I have my suitcase back? Because I had lent it to him. And he's like, why? I'm going to travel <laughs> before you travel. And I was like, but like... <laughs> But, it, but but it's my suitcase. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, only if you give me my 23 and me. And I was like, oh, you mean like the present that I got you? Yeah, that those are definitely the same thing. Um, so yeah, then I don't got pretty think drinky. you have to give presents that you planned on giving before a breakup. Now they're like, you don't have to give them those presents. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that you're right. There's... There's something there. Like, is it, if you gave the present, so here's, here are the details, right? <laughs> so I gave the present to him the day before we broke up, right? Did and you already know you were going to break present. up? No. Oh. But I did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It kind of sounds like already, it, it kind of sounds like they're his, because you gave yeah, them to him. maybe. You already did the act of giving. I thought these were presents that you were sitting on and thinking about giving at a later date. Got it. I see. Yeah. So the fact that I've already given You've already the present given, then okay, makes it that's, his. That's pretty messed up now of you to not give them to him. Because, like, you already <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, but, yes, you should well, get your you know, case back. Yeah. <laughs> but I should, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay, fine. So the present is his. Fine. Okay, I agree. Uh, Next time, if you know if you know you're gonna break up with somebody, maybe don't give them the present the day before you're gonna break up with them. <laughs> you know that's those it's are good life decisions. 
<laughs> well, we were already like gifting each other stuff. I can't remember for what occasion. So I feel like January's like birthday day. or something. Anna. <laughs> like what's the holiday in January? Uh, oh yeah, it was it was Christmas. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you broke up over mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas, well, we broke the, up. The height oh, actually, of the what murder it was is like season. tensions are high. <laughs> tensions are so high, Ma. And it was actually like after Christmas because we went on like a trip and it, the gift hadn't come yet. So I gave it to him as like a late Christmas present. Even so, I think your point still stands. If <laughs> I shouldn't have given him the thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So. So my favorite part of that whole evening and the whole ordeal was, um, well, I was like, I'm going to walk you to this train station because you're really drunk. And he's like, I can handle my liquor. Bleh. And then we get to the turnstile and like his last words to me were like, don't you have anything you want to say to me? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This sounds like an yeah. episode of like skins or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what it felt like. Um, so today I saw him again because I still, you know, the, the suitcase 23 and me uh, exchange still had to go down. Oh my God, today? You've already started your day today and done other things <laughs> other than this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Wait, girl. Wait, what time I, is it? <laughs> it's like, it's like 3 p.m. <laughs> I, I like just woke up. I'm, what you see me doing right now is I'm taking my pills that I'm supposed to take in the morning. Ooh, what pills are at these? At twelve thirty p.m. Uh, my herbalist pills. Mm. Um, supposed to make me stop itching everywhere. Oh, what if they're the ones yeah. making you itchy? No, these the itching predates the pills. Okay, <laughs> this is supposed to be the solution. Okay, gotcha. Wait, why are you so itchy? Is it like a some sort of allergy or something? Well, this is. I don't want to interrupt your story, but I think I'm allergic to penicillin now. Because oh. I took two doses of penicillin in a row over the summer. I got strep throat twice in a row. And and I was also eating a lot of fermented foods. And so there's a theory, some of the specialists I've been working with have a theory that it's too many of a similar like fermented fungus type of thing that I was ingesting. And now I'm allergic to all of it. No! <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I cut out everything pickled from my diet, which is the worst ever. God, pickled things are the best things. Yeah, and like yogurt. I was eating yogurt every day. Damn, it it's it's really hard. That and is I'm really still hard. Itchy, so, shit. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it works. Yeah. Well, I hope. I but wish you the just best. Just more fuel to the fire of like anti pharmaceuticals. They fucked me up. Oh, but I'm sure they also helped your strep throat. Yeah, but also, why do I have strep throat? Probably because I've taken too many antibiotics over the years. <laughs> Uh, yes, I think that is how that works. <laughs> it all goes back to to Big Pharma. Okay, but okay, your story. You met up with him today at a coffee shop. Sure, yeah. And so I get there, and there's this song playing. Um, it's this Wilco song, "Forget the Flowers." Um, it's like you're trying my patience, try pink carnations, red roses, and you blah blah. Um, and it was interesting because it was the song that was playing on our first date, right? And I, like, made a big deal about it at the first date. I was like, oh, I love this song, blah, mm-hmm. right? And so um, it was playing, and I was like, whoa, that's so strange that it's playing, and I kind of made a note of it or whatever. And he was like, yeah, so I just don't think that you understand um, how it is that people can actually change. And I was like, no, no, buddy, like, I can, I know what people can change. I change people, change, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't give me enough time to change. And I was like, hey, like, 
sometimes this happens like people don't like each other or they thought they liked each other and then they realize that like in order for it to work out and be well and like have emotional connection and depth that it requires too much change on both parties and it's not worth it right um sometimes you just like cut your losses there's like sunk costs and you yeah. you gave it a go and yeah two months like, is good time it's like right? at will employment it's <laughs> it's totally yes yeah. yes dating is at will employment I love that (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) that is true and so he's like yeah well anyways I'm a catch and like somebody will realize that actually somebody already has because I'm already dating and I was like great that's great (laughs) cool um cool yeah and uh you know we keep talking or whatever and then at the end I was like I like that they were playing that that Wilco song because it's nice that like a beginning and an end is with the same Wilco song right oh and he's like if I yeah it was the same song and I was, he was like, can I be totally honest with you? I had them play that song. Oh my like, God. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he wants and to I was like, what a, are you? In a Zach Braff movie. Yeah. He's like, I was hoping that it would like rekindle something so that like, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you don't have to be alone on Valentine's day. And I was like, what, 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 what? Uh, yeah. So but I'm it was pretty rough because it's else. like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's also dating somebody else, but he's like, yeah, like, you don't have to be alone on Valentine's Day. I don't understand why you make Valentine's Day such a big deal. And I was like, I've I've never made Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. a big deal. (laughs) Like, I don't go out of my way to be like, yeah, fuck Valentine's Day, single life, woo! And I don't go out of my way to be like, oh, Valentine's Day is the greatest invention Mm -hmm. because it's about love, right? I'm indifferent at best, right? And I... I shat on him for making me out to be so fucking basic, right? (laughs) And he was like, well, I was hoping it would rekindle something. And I was like, I appreciate the sentiment, but goodbye. (laughs) And I got my luggage and we left. (laughs) Nice. So So you won. You got the suitcase. (laughs) I did get the suitcase. I'm so excited. Oh my God. (laughs) So I have a book queue right now of, I'm reading, mm -hmm. I'm reading Bad Feminist. Uh, by mm. Roxanne Gay, and I'm like halfway through mm-hmm. that, and then I'm reading Goidel Escher Bach. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so that's my bedside reading. No, actually, every morning I sit up in bed first thing when I wake up, and I read both of those for like ten, twenty minutes, like mm. each. So my morning routine's really slow now because I also do an hour of yoga. I mean Pilates, whatever, stretching, and and exercising. Wait, tell me, tell me your morning routine like from the moment you wake up and what you do. I want to hear about. This. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so the first part, I get out of bed. I take out my earplugs. I take out my mm-hmm. um my retainer thing, to, that's realigning my jaw because I have TMJ, and then. I, I reach over and just roll over and grab my stack of books and put it on the pillow next to me. And then I just sit up and, and open my curtains and start reading this stack of books. Um, Great. I found that two is a good amount to keep in rotation. Because if it's more than two every morning, then it's kind of... You're just... You're, you're, I'm just going to read all too day. many Too so, many storylines, you know? Yeah, yeah. too many storylines. So two is a good one. I flip back and forth depending on my mood. And I like to have them both be kind of um, intellectually stimulating and... Um, philosophical and spiritual like I just finished reading um I I had a bunch of Buddhist books in rotation uh paired with um business like conscious capitalism kind of books so that they're both kind of in tandem um yeah fuck yeah so right now my theme I guess is like systems and uh uh, truth 
sort of, I guess is what, um, what my theme is right now. Okay, so anyways, I read in bed for a while until I get tired of reading, and then I, like, put down my, my, uh, books. I end up going to the bathroom at this point, and then taking all my morning pills, <laughs> which I skipped today, but, um, and then I go downstairs and do my Pilates routine, um, which is super cool, mm. like, neuromuscular retraining stuff for all my, like, scoliosis mm -hmm. and sciatica pains, and <clears throat> I do that, sure. feel super pumped, and then I make tea. So now I'm on, like, two hours of being awake, still in my pajamas, making tea, and then I sit down mm -hmm. with my laptop, and I just answer emails. I'm trying to block it off into personal emails during tea time, and then work emails when sure. I get upstairs and change into my clothes to face the day. So the whole thing yeah. takes about two, two and a half hours ish before then now I'm ready to face the day and I've been awake for a really long time and then now I'm really yeah. hungry how long have it's you like been doing this routine a couple of months well by the time I finish it and it ends up being like 1 p.m and I'm starving mm. and probably have a meeting to run to so it's like um I don't know if it's working that well I think I have to change it up <laughs> Like, I'm trying to optimize, like, maybe I drink tea while I get ready, but then I, when I was walking up the stairs holding, like, my laptop and, like, all of this stuff, I ended up spilling the tea on the staircase, so that's not working. So, no. yeah, trying to figure out the routine. Oh, yeah, and then every night before I go to bed, I have a gratitude journal where I write, like, positive things that happened that day. Yeah. I think those are really important. I feel like, I think in, in some sense, you're going through... And you're making sure that spiritually and emotionally you're ready to face the day. Also intellectually, you're ready to face the day. It's just that the day happens faster than, than you're ready for. Yeah, because <laughs> I end up sleeping yeah. a lot. Um, I don't know what that mm. is, but mm. like more than eight hours every night, I just like peace out. <laughs> <laughs> a little comatose coma for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah but trying I mean, to wake people, up early. People need different hours of sleep, right? Could be that you're like catching up from a lot of time. Could mean you're depressed. Is that what's going on? Maybe. Well, who can never really know? <laughs> <laughs> um. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking mm -hmm. yesterday about how like self-critical I can be at times, and how. Um, how that sometimes helps me and sometimes it's a hindrance to my like my happiness. So um the big the big thing I'm I'm inserting into everything that I do now because I I have suffered from depression not diagnosed but definitely I've been like staring at it and being like okay that's depression. <laughs> right? Hello so there depression. I, I know How that, are you? Yeah. I know I know what it looks like um <laughs> and feels like and so now I'm trying to take steps to to make sure I stay out of that mindset as much as possible, which is just like uh, making sure that everything I do has like a goal, which will increase my happiness instead of just doing things for for whatever. But it might have backfired because now I don't really find myself doing a lot of things just for the sake of doing them. Everything I do is is goal oriented now, so I might have gone too far. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's interesting. I feel like being intentional is important, right? Like, it's it's super, super important. There's a sense that, like, I, I go through the same kind of thing that you do. It's funny, you mentioned this gratitude journal, and I had just read, like, excerpts from uh, the Tools of Titans, that Tim Ferriss book, and for the most part, like, eh, whatever, but I do like the morning routines that some of his uh, guests have described, because um, it's basically like a transcribing of his podcast. 
and one of them was this like kind of journal thing um, and so I've been trying to like also optimize my mornings to like be able to do like a little bit of yoga and then write in this journal like my feelings about it right um, and like what I am excited about the day etc so that I can like try to think about positive things before I go into the hustle and bustle of the subway mm. blah 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 um, yeah and uh, it's interesting because I think being too intentional what it does is it makes you uh, not be able to look at the surprises of the world in a pure light right because you become overly controlling of the type of feeling that you should get and generate from a particular mm. uh, action or activity or even the type of um, experiences you have that's very true yeah but is it so what do you to what do you do then? be conscious of that or unconscious of it because there is some sort of natural curation of experiences even if you're mm -hmm. not thinking about it you can you can end up in a really like insular little corner of of the world and your experiences and just not be aware of it so sure i don't know yeah. what's better <laughs> i know right there's always like this interplay of like what is best is it better to be purely present but then to not have conscious thought about like your actual experience you like lose this interest well, like this uh oh my god this is buddhism have. remember <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> remember that thing? oh my god <laughs> buddhism ah. oh my god no yeah i mean you know way more about it than me i don't but, think so i feel like i yeah. tried in high school and it was not a very valiant effort <laughs> I thought that you, like, you read all the books and you did all the practice and you were, like, in it for, for a while, right? Um, you think of in me high very school. highly, Megumi. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I, I did get to, like, I did go to, like, some retreats and, like, I, like, hung out with, like, monks and shit like this, but, um, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't think I ever really meditated correctly. It was more like, um, hey, this is, like, cool, yeah. I'm, like, okay. I'm thinking and I'm not thinking and I'm not thinking intentionally, right? So, I don't know. <laughs> well i don't know i i don't know what i think about that like if there's a right way to meditate or if you just doing it is the right way i don't know mm -hmm. but the the whole idea of dualism of like these two things that we just discovered of like two different modes of being i think the whole point is to zoom out and be like well both of those are true at the same exact time haha <laughs> think about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really like that. I feel like that's why I always like think about always. I sometimes and in, in this case, it's very very convenient that it's related to this. Um, think about um, the Invisible Man, that Ralph Ellison book, and how you know he's going through all of these things and he's like uh, going figuring out like what it means to be an African American man and how he can like relate to that and how society can relate to him. Blah blah. And near the end, like he is castrated, I guess. Um, and he's completely out of the world and the realm, so he's like pure of thought. And I think the end, if I remember correctly, he goes back into society, and he is in the same situation that he was in before, but he's now like learned and has thought about it, right? Hmm. And that is like super critical, where like you have this moment of, of complete escape from, I guess, the cycle of being, what, it, what be it, whatever, and then you go back into it full force, um, and somehow, I guess, even if it doesn't change anything, like it does change the way in which you are comfortable with the world around you, right? Which might be everything. Right. It might be super that, critical for that is, experience. That seems super critical. Um, yeah. And, and that reminds <laughs> me of, like, super critical fluid, my favorite fluid. <laughs> um, yeah, that seems really important. Um, mm -hmm. It reminds me of the, the Tassahara experience when I went uh, up there for a day trip, and mm -hmm. um, that's Shunri Suzuki's, like, 
Zen temple area and he says, hey, you guys are not supposed to stay in Tassajara forever. When you get, like, my goal here is to have you guys all go back to the city and go back to living your lives. Um, but then you'll just have a better way of dealing with things. And yeah. all the conscious capitalism books I'm reading um, tie in that same kind of thought pattern, which is, hey, you just need to be in line with your own purpose. And Ooh, I really sense like that. your purpose. And then just go and, and do it. And that's why I think the self-managing organizations are so cool because every single person's gonna just like meditate and be like, oh yeah, the company wants to do this and I want to do this. Hey, I'm gonna put them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like can't, that. Can't it reminds that me happen. of like, there's this quote, I think I read it in like um, the Pragmatic Programmer, I don't know. Um, that's mm-hmm. like, we who build mere stones must always be imagining cathedrals, right? And it's hmm. like, this idea of you are doing the menial task. Oh, it's like, um, I think Camus writes about this in his Myth of Sisyphus thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Camus, or Sisyphus, sorry, is pushing this boulder up and down uh, this, yeah. this hill that keeps, like, you know, going down, and he has to pull it back up, but we all know the story of Sisyphus, blah, blah, blah. Um, and what's interesting is at some point, Camus uh, kind of speculates that, oh, at, at some point, like, he knows that this is his existence, and that's what it is. And what I love about that is that there's this complete sense of like ownership of his own ex- experience that Camus says that the gods must have said, well, I guess all is well, right? So what was meant mm. to be a punishment and of like a stripping away of an existence that was more dictated by uh, Sisyphus himself, because that's what he was doing. He was like, I think the story is like, he tricked the gods into not being put into eternal damnation for like a woman or something, I don't know. Um, and the gods are like, well, this is the perfect punishment. But the moment that uh, that Sisyphus is like, well, yeah, all right, this is my life, I guess, whatever. Um, and the gods are like, all is well. Um, there's this sense that the existence itself is enough, right? And maybe yeah. that's what this kind of contemplation does, right? It like makes you realize like, well, there's beauty in this mundane world that I'm living in and the things that I do have a lot of importance because um, I am doing them and I'm conscious of the fact that I am doing them and thus this is my life or something. I don't know. It's better said, but like, you know, the same kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So I wrote down a bunch of notes. Did you write down any notes of stuff you want to talk about? Um, I just figured we would go with the flow. Okay. Well, I wrote down a couple notes of things I've been thinking over the last week that I'm mad about. (laughs) Yeah. Like... The billionaire pay gap. Yeah. The the highest net worth female is forty billion and the highest net worth male is eighty five billion. God, that's such that is crap. A huge, huge pay gap. It is pretty fucked up. Also, the home screen pay gap or no, the home screen gap, whatever. Just look at all the apps on your phone, how many of them were started by women. Yeah, that is super true. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes me think I need to start an app that'll get on everyone's home screen. Mm. What type of app? I don't know. I mean, well, I do have an app idea, but I'm caught up in this whole weed business, so it's like, do I just drop that and then start a software thing? That might actually be easier. (laughs) I've discovered so many setbacks, um, especially Mm. this last week. Um, I went to a... Brownie Mary Democratic Society meeting on Wednesday night, which is the um, 
It's a, a group in San Francisco of Democrats who also happen to be involved in weed policy in San Francisco. And oh, cool. they're all really cool and very, like, in the know. And I got some info that I'm basically fucked. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's what everyone tells me. So, um, licenses in California, in order to get a license to do business after 2018... Um, when Prop 64 and MRSA go into effect, we're, we're all fucked because you can't get a state license or somehow this rumor got started that like state licenses are, are given to people with priority, uh, as long as they have a local license in their cities. Oh, but how do you get a local hardly license? Any, well, that's up to the city council. So I'm, I'm going to like Oakland city council and like this Brownie Mary is my, um, connect to the SF city council decisions and just kind of observing like what cities are gonna allow a license to be opened up and when they do it's always in small numbers like um like oakland only allows eight dispensaries like berkeley i think just i think it's four or eight something like that san francisco is one of the only ones that doesn't have a cap Mm -hmm. but um apparently it costs like five hundred thousand dollars to get licensed because the building code is like really specific and fucked Wow, so it's like there's like a, a enforced monopoly in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but even though San Francisco is kind of like the closest thing to a free market, it's still like there's a huge. I mean, real estate's expensive in San Francisco, so right. Um, everyone's telling me to apply for a manufacturing license and become a a production lab, basically creating mm-hmm. a product, selling to other dispensaries, mm-hmm. but. Just looking at the freaking economics of the whole industry, I'm fucked if I go that route. Because it's the easier license to get, everyone's going to have that license, and I'm going to be undifferentiated in a sea of producers. The, well, um, the whatever, retail stores is where, what happens where there's to, scarcity. Yeah, that makes sense. What happened to like becoming essentially a consultant for these producers so you could help them with their packaging yeah. and stuff like that, which is kind of like, oh my God. I feel like your that, biggest value add, right? That idea gave me the worst headache and want, made me want to like, kill myself because, um, Why? So, <laughs> because like I was just writing down and looking at other um, agencies like, okay, what can I charge for this? Like, what can I charge for like business strategy? What can I charge for uh, brand identity? What can I charge for design of mm-hmm. all the different types that I do and all the packaging and the sales strategy and marketing and and then I was just like, oh my fucking god, this is like everything to build a company. Am I gonna fucking build people's companies for them? I can't do that, yeah. especially because like the people I've met who are operating on a small scale oftentimes don't have any of those things in place. So mm-hmm. the number of clients that I could conceivably have as just me is like not a lot of clients. I could have one, maybe two tops. And then right. they're gonna be fighting me the whole way because they've been operating outside of the law and like not um subject to these normal like business type of practices so Mm -hmm. the hourly rate that would justify my time is probably something that no one would pay in this industry so what about like what about like um specializing on like one part of that process right so instead of thinking about it as like this from the ground up like let me figure out your production strategy your supply chain strategy whatever but just focusing specifically on like what makes sense for packaging and and what makes sense for branding so you focus specifically on like these kind of things i could do that and there are like only a couple other firms who are doing it but Mm -hmm. 
I that's the part that I don't care about like the most <laughs> even though yeah. it is the most in line with my skill set and my <laughs> uh professional uh, experience I actually want to move out of the design thing like mm. asap. Um what, what do you want to move to? I want to have a retail store. Oh, I want to be able to to shape a new way for people to shop for weed, mm-hmm. a new way to understand it and new standards for what products must um, show on their packaging, which doesn't necessarily mean me designing the packaging, but just being like, you know, you have to be open about like pesticides and solvents that are in this because right. no one's really printing that out right now. Right. Interesting. What about like starting with something like, so similar to how people have some organizations that verify whether or not something is organic, right? Or whether or not something um, is fair trade. Um, yeah, maybe I can you start can be that for, for weed, right? So you can start with like some sort of agency where you're like, well, I guess it's hard because you're basically saying like, I have clout when you have no clout yet. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. the best shortcut to getting clout is owning a dispensary. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yeah. Damn, that's so. Can you partner with somebody who already has a dispensary, so that way, like, instead of why would they share their? I really don't think that's going to happen because there is so few, and they have so much power in the market right now. Why would they take me on? Um, Well, yeah, I I imagine it like being like you work within a dispensary as kind of like internal espionage for yourself. So you see like what the problems are firsthand and what 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 you can do to like make changes. And so then when you get out of that, you have like this compelling story, which is like, I was in the I was in the thick of it. I know the thing. I already worked in a dispensary. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. So and now like. The way I'm reframing all my efforts, which I'm struggling with, like, how much of this to be open with my team right now, because they're all kind of part-time, and I'm taking the lead in our in our strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think that everything we've done right now with Blossom and the product, selling it to people, getting in-person feedback, understanding what kind of consumers we're working with, that's all been preparation for a dispensary or a store right. that, are, like, now we have real-ass market research on what kind of products are hot, what kind mm-hmm. of people want what and why. Yeah. And we can go in and be like, yeah, we're targeting specifically this kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I, yeah, I have a lot of that groundwork done. We have the beginnings of an in-house brand. All we need is real estate, funding, and a license, which means I have to set up in San Francisco. So, Have you thought about like other states, like Washington or Colorado? No, but I guess that makes sense. I'm at a point in my life where like I could uproot and go like anywhere else. Yeah, girl. Okay. Um, I feel like our podcast should be like 20 to 30 minutes because if not, it's going to be too long. So to just like put our audio like in a Dropbox or something, I don't know, Google Drive. Yeah, or like a Google Drive or whatever. Yeah. Google Drive is better than Dropbox. Okay, let's put it in Google Drive. Dropbox keeps running out of space. Although I do have unlimited, I have a terabyte of Dropbox space, so I don't really care. Girl, yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I got that premium Dropbox. But Google Drive is also cool, and I'm totally fine with Google having all of my information. Like, that new Google phone, like, I kind of want it now. Dude, the advertising for it is, like, so sexy. Like, I die every time I watch the... The advertising for it is, like, okay, you guys are now (laughs) poised to leapfrog Apple. Like, this is, like, the wind-up. Yeah. All right, so Google, Google Drive. Yeah, Google Drive is the winner, and I already I shared you a doc of of stuff, mm-hmm. places we can post it, mm-hmm. 
And then I shared you on a GitHub repo, which is going to post to applepie.fyi. Oh my god, I love you so much. You're the best. <laughs> like you're, you're seriously my dream woman. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, I'm going to stop recording. Uh, how do I do that? But what if we have gold? I'm going to keep recording in case we have gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair.